0: He loves to go to high schools and watch these kids have a bunch of caps, ball caps out there, and then pick the right cap. Uh, Kevin, I was just telling the story. I was over at Lake Highlands High School today to celebrate a young man we've watched grow up, and I've uh, mentored in some ways. I, I don't know if that probably hurt his career, honestly, more than anything. But the great <laughs> the great Mitch Colson from Lake Highlands, uh, who go. I think you're familiar with his work, and he has gone um, off to – Emporia State.
1: Well, good for him. He's like going up to Kansas then, right?
0: That is right. And uh, Kevin, now you know off top of your head, don't you? I don't think you heard me give the trivia question earlier. The most famous okay. player ever to come out of Emporia State, Kevin. Do you know I this one?
1: Played for the Cowboys, didn't he? That's a lineman, right? Yes. Oh gosh. Oh, uh, I, I can, I can see him, but I can't say his name.
0: Leon Lett.
1: Leon Lett, yes, he had the famous ice bowl uh c- scenario against the Dolphins in 1993. Yes. Yeah. It's
0: sad that the first two things no, no, you no, remember it wasn't
1: about him. it was uh, in the Super Bowl against Buffalo. Yeah, but it
0: was him in both the, both both Oh, okay, That's right. it was him in both those yeah. cases. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's too bad. He was a great lineman, but we still remember him for his gaps, unfortunately. All right, so I I have some breaking news for you to share. I know you like it when I do this. The young man, Austin, how do we say that, Uke, uh, from over at Parish Episcopal, he he chose his cap just moments ago, Kevin, and he picked the Stanford Cardinal over USC Northwestern and the University of Texas. Uh and I the one thing I liked about it is that I guess these colleges send their caps or maybe the kids just go buy their caps but they had a bunch of cap they had the caps all out on his uh, on his table but but USC sent the fishing cap they sent a floppy cap so I kind of like that I like a I like a school who has a little bit different look up there
1: if that, uh, if they did that, then they probably knew they weren't going to get picked. Because um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you would want to be styling it with the traditional look if they, they knew you were picking your school or whatever. But as we know in today's age that the kids are going to uh, pick you know, are, are, or are going to be different at this and how they do their hat ceremony anyway. Uh, I don't think it's any surprise that he went there. I think a lot of talk had started to shift that way in the last couple of, weeks i know texas would have really loved to have had him but uh he he was just pretty much he, he was kind of a guy that blew up late in the season or i should say during the season so the fact that he kind of garnered this kind of attention and then made his decision known uh today i think it's actually one of the things matt that kind of tells you how insignificant this day is becoming when you've got a smattering of decisions when basically like 95% of the recruiting classes were filled back in December, all la what Baylor did.
0: Yeah. Yeah, in and, and, and Baylor didn't uh, – just so we're clear on this, uh, Kevin, the, uh, and I want to ask you about this PWO. I love a good PWO because some of these mm-hmm. guys that should have gotten FBS uh, offers did not, and a lot of that has to do – and I want to ask you about that. Does that, Kevin, have more to do with the um, – uh, and and I, w- I want you to talk a little bit here in a minute about this kid from Argyle who Baylor has landed six three kid through for a million yards and like forty eight mm-hmm. touchdowns and and they and they obviously that's a it's a great program but quite honestly he just didn't get to play until his senior season it's hard to believe this kid did not have a a you know a Power Five offer out there I mean he just didn't really have that many D one type offers uh can you tell us about this young man kevin and is is does he come to baylor as maybe a different level of pwo as some other pwo's that we've seen in the past
1: yeah i think so with cj rogers you're right matt obviously last year was his only year to start and let's face it covid really wrecked the entire uh off-season evaluation process for a lot of these kids couldn't get to any camps couldn't get invited to any junior days and the, the worst thing going against him was they didn't have any junior film because he was backing up the two-year starter. So when you have all those forces, if you will, conspiring against you, it really becomes problematic to make your case. You know, you can have the size, which CJ does, 6'3", 200, and you can make up for it, if you will, along the way by putting together a season much like he did, 3,800 yards, I think 3,400 yards, you know, 40-some-odd touchdowns, and leading Argyle to the uh, 4A Division One state championship, who – Ironically, he beat uh, Jordan Jenkins and Lindale. Um, I I think that really hurt. Uh, And and the problem is, is that when someone like this comes along and the quarterback and the other thing, uh, when you're a quarterback, you've got to have so much film in your back pocket by the time you are a, when you start your junior season or or created during your junior season, kind of like what Kyron drones had that really, that really goes against you. And so I think his other, you know, he had about what, five, about five, six PWO opportunities. Yeah. And I think the relationship that he created with uh, Sean Bell and obviously with Jeff Grimes coming as the offensive coordinator made a big difference in terms of where he wanted to go because he also had PWO offers from uh, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech, but proximity plays a role in the relationship he started. You know, he added, and, and as he told me, he goes, look, I'm betting on myself because he had five. FCS offers uh, one that he was considering strongly was Austin P and yeah. I, I think just from the standpoint of if you want to give yourself a chance and maybe work your way into a scholarship situation and he felt like he was a P5 player all the way through his season that this is his opportunity all right this is what you want to do your sc- your school isn't being paid for in any way shape or form unless you get some financial aid or whatnot so it's up to you to, to show that you can do it. And I do think, you know, when you look at a quarterbacking roster at the Division One level, really or really at any level, I guess we can say it now, Matt, is that it's going to be a fluctuating system because quarterbacks will change on a dime in any program because of opportunities to play or lack thereof.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, and and um, it it you're seeing a lot of things change on a dime because. The 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 portal has become a monster, and there was something mm-hmm. like fifteen hundred kids at the D one level that were in the portal. And Baylor's pro- Baylor's looking for another starting offensive lineman. You know, they just got one in, in Miller. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're looking for guys that come in immediately, and when you can get that guy, rather than a guy you you gotta kind of hope that becomes something someday you You go with a bird in a hand uh and and that uh that, especially a guy who started in the past, like Miller mm-hmm. coming out of Vandy or something like that. So boy, this has really changed the the landscape kevin of of college football and the fact that some of these guys you got to manage these rosters, some of these guys are coming back that you didn't think you were going to get back when this pandemic hit. So you um, you have a real conundrum. I mean, it's you know, it, it used to be college basketball had become all about roster management. Oh, my God, okay, now Baylor has got three or four transfers. How do you manage these kids? Now college football is sort of going down that same path.
1: I think, yeah, it's there now. And, of course, look, last year being a freebie for everybody, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're guaranteed to come back the next year. Uh, you could be encouraged to be successful somewhere else, as you and I both know. Yeah, but that's what radio ones, stations do to me. The one thing about this is that, you know, when you're when you're looking for known commodities, as you said, Matt, to use your phrase, a uh, bird in the hand. I, I think that's. Let's just kind of shifted to where Baylor is with the tr- with the trenches. You know, they got the nose guard that they wanted, with Siaki Aika from uh, LSU, uh, and I think that's. And, you know, and if they can find another one in there, and that along those lines for the defensive front. Great. But obviously with their offensive line issues really stemming back to where they had them since 2016 and especially how poor it was last year, uh, I, they, they, ha- they have to get better fast on that front because if they want to turn their ship around with a new offensive coordinator who, you know, Jeff Grimes has had a history and making offensive lines, one of his focal points and building an offense. As he calls them, know, the tip of the spear, if you, don't have a, if you don't have a front in front of you, you can't do anything that you want to do offensively, much less build an identity. And that's why they've got to get guys like a Grant Miller in there um, and then kind of go from there. I, I, that's where you've got to go. And obviously, again, we're, we're Baylor. I mean, think about this, Matt. Baylor's rushing attack was the worst in the conference at 90 yards a game. They were also averaging 2.7 yards per rushing attempt. That's not going to win you a lot of games at all.
0: I don't think so, unless you got somebody like Zach Wilson and just run and pass and just go get a million yeah. yards for you. Uh but, but or you got somebody like Mahomes steps in. I, you know, there's so much more. Kevin, we'll do this soon. Jerome Tang waiting in the wing, so we're about to bring him on. But the next, our next session, Kevin, I want—I'm going to give you uh, a heads up on this. We—I want some Blake shaping talk, okay? I've been—I've been, I've been okay. listening to. I, I've got some. I'm just hearing some buzz, and and it's it's baseball and football related, and so I want I want us to dig in. I want some Blake Shapen, and also, man, the drones. I was listening to Dilfer talk about drones today and it got me excited because why this kid may be a little raw whoo man those measurables are there that you you watch a kid throw a football my gosh i i don't know you have to go back to odell james to have a kid with this size and this sort of these sort of measurables now can he put it all together we shall see but that's for for another day yeah okay thanks kevin there he goes kevin longquist